So, welcome back to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We are glad you're here because we want your life and your relationships to flourish. I am Lynn Wilder and... I'm Joel Grote. And we're going to look at some communications we've had from LDS folks who have questions about their faith and who, or who have been struggling in transition so that we can talk about some of the emotional journey, relational journey that it is to go from performance-based religion and then have a whole new paradigm in life. Right. It's not easy. No, it's not. And we have gotten so many stories just in the last several weeks that we just thought it'd be really good to, in, well, our hope is that this is an encouragement to you as you hear where other people are at, where they're struggling or how God is meeting them. One, if you're in the middle of the struggle, to know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And two, to know that there's hope and that God is on the move. God is working in people's hearts and lives to draw them to Him, to draw them to experience a grace that heals. Do you know the Bible says that God is always at His work? Yes. And the God of the Bible doesn't have a body of flesh and bone, so He has no need to stop and eat or, (laughs) you know, do the things that you normally do with the body, right? So he's at his work 24-7. Well, what is the work of God? Scripture tells us the work of God the Father is to draw people to faith in Jesus so that they might come to a saving faith, that they might know eternal life, that when they die, they might have life forever with the God of the Bible. So God is always softening hearts. God's always drawing people to himself. But there seems to be kind of this unusual move of soft hearts among the folks who have been in performance-based religion over the last even five, six years, would you say? Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing almost... uh, a surge of that within, I would say, the last maybe even six to eight months. Oh my, yes. And so the last month's been crazy. The last two or three weeks, um, Micah Wilder's testimony video has yes. gone to several million now, and so I've heard from so many people. So we thought it'd be good to share some of this with you. So we're just going to kind of work through some stories. We may comment some on some of these to add clarification. But this is going to be a little bit different podcast because we're going to show how grace is being at work in other people's lives and kind of what they're going yeah. through. So I think if this works well and people like this, we might do this regularly from time to time so that people right. don't feel like they're alone and right. they have some sense of what folks struggle with, and then because you and I have worked with folks in transition for several years, um, we can kind of address some of these issues, right? right? And how they've played out over the long term. Yes, absolutely. So I'll let, go ahead and start with, you know, what do you have? We both got a series of stories here, but I think, go ahead and start with what you've got queued up. All right. 
Hi, Lynn. I just wanted to thank you deeply for writing this book. She's talking about Unveiling Grace. I just received it. I have found it difficult to put down. I'm on the last pages right now. Reading this book has been an incredible emotional experience. I did not realize just how traumatized I was and how much healing that needed to be done. Wow. Yes, I just left a performance-based religion at the beginning of this year to carry on that common thread. It happened after I began reading, really reading the New Testament in January. Within a matter of weeks, I knew the truth. I knew I had to leave this church. My husband, married for 27 years, has taken a little bit longer. He went for a while without me, and he still will aggressively defend the church, but he has stopped attending now as well. We have an interesting story, I think unusual, but far too long to tell right now. <laughs> well, I hope she does at some point. We need to hear with the whole story. Yeah, but... Here's someone, right, um, often people will tell me, I've struggled for some time, I've known for some time that something wasn't quite right. For some reason, this woman picked up the Bible and began to read it, and it began to open truth for her, which is exactly what happened to me. Yes, and that's, I mean, that's so encouraging. And I guess the one comment I'd make for anybody who's listening is, if you find yourself at a point of transition, doubt, questioning your performance-based religious group, if you're wondering a good first step to take, we would recommend going to the Bible. Odds are your group accepts it as scripture at some level, only read it without any of the helps, any of the lenses. Go to scripture like you, like a child would go to the story from a trusted father and read it that way. And if you're using, say, the LDS version of the King James Bible, be wary of the cross-references because they're going to send you to other Mormon places, like right. the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible, the Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Mormon. You want to be able to look at the Bible with completely fresh eyes without a framework on top of right. it, right? Which is why we often recommend, there's nothing against the King James Version of the Bible, but if you have the opportunity either online to pick up a different version, mm -hmm. it may take away some of the familiarity that can, as they say, familiarity breeds contempt. Sometimes familiarity just makes you gloss over stuff. Or go back to where you were right. to think and so, at it the old way. Right, yeah. so the New International Version, NIV, the English Standard Version, ESV, New American Standard Bible, those are all really good translations that are faithful to the original and are very readable, very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of what I would throw out there from this story. And, and that's what this woman did. She went to the Bible and... God speaks through his word. So So here's a funny story. When when my son who became born again challenged me to read the Bible. Yeah. I went to a BYU professor friend of mine in the religion department that I knew because we were on a committee together because I was a professor at Brigham Young at the time. And I said to him, you know, I'm really curious to read the words of Christ 
And he said to me, you know, if you're curious to read the words of Christ, you might be interested in some of the other versions of the Bible. Oh, really? Okay. Besides what the Mormon Church produces, right? And I went, there are other versions of the Bible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ones I can trust. And then I remembered my father was Christian, and I went to church with him one time over Christmas break. And his Sunday school teacher had eight versions of the Bible together in one place. Yes. And then I realized what I'd never even thought about in Mormonism, that there might be more contemporary versions, more easy to read versions. And once a BYU professor gave me permission to go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So funny that to you, um, getting permission from a fellow professor was what you needed to like set you free to do that so god can use any well let me kind of uh, end this story from this woman she said i might have left and abandoned christ altogether but in his miraculous grace i stumbled onto the real word of god i'm still figuring it out but i know that he is leading me thank you for sharing your story it has changed everything for me i can now make sense of it i harbored so much guilt and shame how could I have been so foolish to believe them? It is all going to be okay. Amen. Wow. Well, that's so that's so encouraging. And, and so no matter where you are in the process, know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There mm-hmm. is hope at the other end. Um, keep moving forward. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the one I've got up here mm-hmm. because this person's in a little bit different place yeah. than the person you read. And again, we're keeping people anonymous, and you know, we'd certainly welcome if you want to share your story. Unveilinggracepodcast.com is where you can find us, and there's a contact page there. Um, so I don't know if this is a man or a woman, um, and I'm just going to start off with what they wrote, which is this: My heart, through the last two to three years, has been in turmoil, constant nagging that I will never be what everyone desires to be and have in my performance-based religion Mm. because I don't have a temple marriage, the perfect family, or maybe I just wasn't a good enough parent, and so on and so on. I've been telling myself for a while that I need to study Joseph Smith's history so I can stand and bear my testimony of him and that he was a true prophet of God, something I've never been able to stand and say. And in parentheses, this person puts more guilt. Um, so there, so here has been my struggles of my heart the last few years, and actually falling into some serious depression that was really hard to get through. Mm. I didn't have a desire to get out of bed, attend to my family, or any other functions, and I would just count the hours until I could go back to bed. Wow. I find strength in your story, and I really believe. I am on the right path. I am also so scared of making the wrong decision, but at the same time, I have been reading the New Testament, and I feel my Savior's love. I just don't know how to do this. I don't know where to go. I need someone. I need fellowship. I was so freaked out when all this came down on me, I immediately knew I couldn't trust the Book of Mormon or any LDS scripture, so I just wanted my Bible. But then I realized that we don't recognize the Bible only as far as it's translated correctly. Did they do anything to my Bible? Okay then, Heavenly Father, He's the only one I can trust. But then I was reminded of how people say that 
Mormons worship a different Jesus. Oh my gosh, how and who do I pray to? I was so messed up. After talking to a Christian friend, she helped me. <laughs> I know my Savior Jesus Christ, and I am learning about who he really is, the Jesus of the Bible. I feel burnt. I just want to move forward. This is all new to me, but it's becoming very clear to me that I am on the right path. Woo! Now, <laughs> this person, she or he, addressed a lot of kind of common issues yes. along the oh, road, wow. right? So many things that people struggle with and so much uncertainty. And I guess what I'd like to say um, to this person and anybody who's listening who's resonating with this is, this is totally normal. This is a result of performance-based religious groups one of the results of being in a performance-based religious group is when you start to move away from the control or the structure or the teaching, you will find yourself confused and lost because they create a dependency on themselves. And very often, I don't think people realize that that dependency is being created, and the longer you're in the group, the more dependent you come. Mm -hmm. And at the moment of stepping away, this confusion, this uncertainty, this doubt, this almost panic. You could almost hear the, the panic guilt. in this person's Yeah, and then yeah. the guilt for mm -hmm. even questioning. Mm -hmm. um, but all that to say, this is unfortunately part of the process. So if you find yourself here, you are not going crazy. You are experiencing the result of starting to break free from a performance-based group. And like her, we want to encourage you with she recognized that she was on the right path. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the right path feels really scary and really uncertain. Certainly at first, yes. Yeah. Um, again here, she turned to the right place. She went to the New Testament to read the Word of God. Um, and again, there's that, you know, so, but, you know, is the New Testament reliable? And I think this is where we've done some other episodes where we've talked about this. But just to assure people, yes, the New Testament is reliable. The versions that we've mentioned have been translated correctly. Mm -hmm. There is huge amounts of manuscript evidence for the Bible. In fact, I, I wish I could remember who it was. It was a BYU academic professor, very well known, studied New Testament. And he wrote an essay on the New Testament. And what he said was, well, we know the Book of Mormon says there are many things, many plain and precious truths that have been lost. But what I've come to realize is, if there is stuff that's missing, it has to be whole books. Because what we do have of the New mm. Testament is 99% corroborated and substantiated in what we have. So he wasn't saying there wasn't stuff lost, but he was saying if it's lost stuff, it has to be whole books. Because what we do have is very reliable. And I appreciated that admission from him as, a, as an LDS academic. Well, let's talk about that. This is called manuscript evidence for right. the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as far as the New Testament goes, we have more than 5,800 copies or parts of copies of the New Testament exactly. in Greek alone. Right. If we're looking at some of the other Middle Which Eastern the, languages at the time, Aramaic and uh, 
Egyptian and some we have more than 25,000 right. early manuscripts compare that to something say like the Book of Mormon where there's <laughs> we not one right. original Just manuscript supposedly gold plates that some angel took back to heaven, so there's nothing to kind of corroborate. Yeah, there is no corroborative evidence, yeah. right? No so, manuscript evidence at all. So, and I guess the other thing that this person said was this whole fear factor, where they say, "I am also so scared of making the wrong decision," mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've been reading the New Testament and I feel my Savior's love. And that's to say, in the midst of your uncertainty and your biggest fears, in the Bible you can find a personal God who loves you and wants connection with you. And through his word, he will speak truth and guidance. And we can't know what that's going to be for the person. And that's the incredible thing about God. He's amazingly personal. Mm -hmm. And he knows what you need if you're willing to go seek and find him. And there's, oh, there's a verse, um, I'm going to only probably partially quote it, we'll have to put it in the show notes, but it said, God is a rewarder of those who seek, seek him, him when they seek him with their whole heart, something like that. <laughs> but it's the idea that when you seek God, if you seek God with your whole heart, if you're going after God, He's going to let himself be found by you. He is not going to stay hidden. He is not going to keep you at arm's length. And when I got saved, I had to look back on my previous experiences where I thought God had shown up for me. Mm -hmm. And I had to decide, was that really God? Was it not God? So just because someone's in a performance-based religion and, and some of the things being taught might not be accurate, that doesn't mean that crying out to the real God won't cause him to appear for you exactly. at some yes. point, right? right? So I looked back over my life and realized the real God was showing up here and here and here throughout the years. I just wasn't recognizing him until right. I began to read the word and was able to put it all together but I don't want people to leave performance-based religion feel like they knew God and then feel like they have to throw him out the window right. you very well may have had some very real experiences exactly with the God of the Bible and so many people that we've interviewed in other podcast episodes which are all available on the website as they come out so many of those people went looking for God while being faithfully committed to their performance-based religion, and God showed up. God spoke to them. In fact, one of the ones that we did recently, um, it was a woman who was really confused. Her husband had just told her that he didn't believe in it anymore, and so she went, she prayed to God and said, please show me. She went to the temple <laughs> and yeah. almost in kind of the opposite mm -hmm. way Sarah. and said, yeah, and said, so what? And what she came away with was a silence or really the indication that I am not here. This is not where I abide. And so, um, so in whatever situation you're in. 
and yet God's be, gonna show up. because the God of the Bible is not confined to an organization, right? It's not like he can't show up anywhere, anytime, exactly. For anyone, yeah. It's a whole different paradigm, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's a totally different, totally different framework for yeah. knowing and meeting God. Okay. Well, we've probably got time for. One more. So do you have another story there in front of you? This is a, a very recent one. I was searching YouTube, came across your son's testimony, and then I watched your video. It's opened my eyes so much. I'm not in performance-based religion, but my boyfriend's family is. Wow. So this is a couple that's been living together. They have a child, I'm not sure if it's theirs, but they have a child. We've been getting visits from the elders okay, <laughs> from the Mormon church for a year. Wow. So uh, she says, I wanted to get baptized and that was going to be the plan, but because we had a child that needed to get baptized, we had to get baptized. We had to get married first. And I couldn't understand that. So to receive God's blessing, I had to get married. I trusted in God and I trusted his will. But she had a problem with men telling her what she had to do and not have to do, right? Yes. What would you say to this woman, <laughs> Joel? <laughs> um, yeah, well... There's kind of two sides to the answer. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, no, you don't have to obey men in authority over you to have God's blessing in terms of a sort of a carte blanche. God does not work. The ultimate authority in God's paradigm is God is our Father, Jesus is our substitute, and when we enter into relationship with God, He intercedes for us, and He is all we need to take us before the Father. We do not need a human intermediary for that. It says in Second Timothy, I believe, right, that um, there is one God right. and one mediator, mediator between man and God, and that is the, the man, man, Christ Jesus, Jesus, it says. Right. So, that's the answer to that. Now, on the other hand... If God has revealed something clearly in Scripture in terms of moral, righteous, holy living, mm -hmm. then you really can't go against that and expect to have the blessing of God in your life. Not because God necessarily withholds blessing, but because God has set up a whole way of doing relationships that work because he's the designer and creator of relationships. And, and so, it's healthy for you, right? Oh, yeah, and because marriage is meant to be a commitment between two people. It's a becoming one, and marriage actually is a reflection yes. of God's Trinitarian relationship of Father, Son, and Spirit, where there's this total trust, total commitment, total bond, total love relationship that is happening forever that a husband and a wife, when they become one, begin to mirror that oneness, mm -hmm. that self-sacrifice, and that love. And relationships were designed to work in a context of trust and commitment. And if you haven't made that marriage commitment, then you haven't fully entered into 
a relationship of that trust and commitment and so you can't reap the benefits so it's not like God is some kind of ogre and he's going to say you know I'm gonna keep this from you or I'm going to stand over you with a club but he said well I've designed things to work a certain way and it's kind of like cars are designed to work really well when they have oil in the motor and clean transmission fluid and you cannot put oil in the car and it'll work for a while but not like it's supposed to and eventually it'll pay, you'll pay the price for not having it work like it's designed and I think relationships are the same way um, so well, and the thing about Christian marriage is it's a it's a visual of Christ's love for the church, church. Yes. and commitment, long-term commitment right. and unconditional love for the church, and and the church being the bride and the one committing herself to Him, and so. Marriage really has kind of a spiritual component, as you Absolutely. said, also as yeah. a representation of that Trinitarian love, which would be God and the man and the woman in this Trinitarian right. relationship. Yeah. So that's kind of the answer to that. Um, and again, within performance-based religion, you're almost always going to find people that say, we are making certain rules that you must abide by for your life to work. And the place to always go is back to Scripture. Mm -hmm. And if those things aren't part of Scripture... Aren't part of God's... <laughs> right. Plan. Yeah. Then, yeah, then don't let yourself come into bondage into those sorts of things. All well, right. Well, wow. Yeah, and the past, I think we and got through two. Yeah, I think we, we did because I'm looking at I've got like two or three more, so yeah. we should probably do another episode like this. We may not air them back to back, but and again, we'd like your feedback. So, any of this provokes questions. Um, you have questions for us? You want to comment? Any of this has resonated with you? We certainly uh, do not pretend to be authoritative and we <laughs> no. would direct you to God's word for right. these answers to see what God has to say about these issues. But if you've got questions, feel free to contact us. We'll do our best to apply scripture yes. in an answer. And if you have stories you want to share of grace, wow, we would love to hear them yeah. and use them and share them with other people. So unveilinggracepodcast.com is where you can find both Lynn and myself, um, share your story, read, um, catch up on past episodes, mm -hmm. um, subscribe to the podcast. We love it when people subscribe and leave a rating. So thanks for being a part. Absolutely. Words? Grace and peace to you from the Lord is what Paul always said. Yeah, absolutely. So until next time, thanks for being with us. Bye.